So um, you've been covering the Pelicans um, for Fox Sports Southwest. How's that going for you? It, it's great. This is my third year. Um, when, when I left the NBA, my mm-hmm. mom got sick. You know, it's that dreaded phone call that you get when you're in the locker room. Right. We were in the locker room in Denver. And I got a call now, get on a plane, come home. And I just left my stuff right. and said, y'all need to take this back to Sacramento. And the doctor was like, look, you should put your mother in hospice. And I'm like, no, we're not hospice people. Not right. yet. Right. I, I want her, you know, she was 87 and she was having something with her heart. Okay. Um, you know, you're you're New New Jersey guy. Where where are you from? Yes, New Jersey. We're just a little different and tougher, and we don't just give in. And I was like, you know, if you're as good as you think you are, and my God's as good as I think He is, right? I, I'm gonna stay here with my mom. I'm gonna help her get out of the hospital. I'm gonna I'll go to rehab with her. I'll do whatever it takes to help her. Right. And uh, I will say this, that Vlade and Vivek were amazing to me. You know, like when you say family and you say, you know, things are not good, you yeah. really need people. Yes. And they were they were truly there for me. And, you know, I felt, you know, I felt some pressure because, you know, it was just me and Becky. Right. And, and I didn't want anybody to think that I couldn't handle my business. But, I, you know, we have those choices in life Yeah. that we always, you know, we, oh, yeah, you know, family first and all this and then money, and status and fame come our way. And it's no, I need to stay out. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know how it is. People call yeah. it nonsense. And I just I felt like I had to be with my mom and um, and I left. But again, I'm so grateful for for these amazing people in Sacramento to care and honor and, you know, not kick me to the curb and just let me do what I have to do for my mother. And, uh, so, you know, after my second year, I, I I made a decision. I had to be with mom. She's all the way in Florida and it's hard getting from Sacramento to Florida. Um, and then, you know, I got that, call from Ice Cube, which was amazing. I didn't know if I'd get to coach again. I mean, it's in my heart and it's in my, my blood. Right. But I also knew that there's a lot of talented people out there and it's uh, competitive, you know, for these jobs. Yes. So that's kind of how I got to this point. And so my first year, they were like, you know, we'd like you to do, you know, all the games. I'm like, oh, no, I can't leave. You know, one thing I am, I'm not stupid. And I'm like, I just told the the Kings I was leaving to be with my mother. And now I'm yeah. going to do, you know, 82 games. No. I said, I, I wouldn't mind doing some. Right. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, 25 or 30 games. But I need the flexibility to hop on a plane anytime I have to for my mother. Right. And so... The Pels were awesome in allowing me to do this with Fox. And I just, you know, Alvin and I have been friends, oh my gosh, for 100 years. I bet you we've got 35 years uh, together. <laughs> and I, I'm just, I'm really proud of him. Yeah. Um, it, it, what he went through was not easy. And, you know, not only him, but the assistant coaches. And it's just hard sometimes. Right. 
Yeah, it's always, it's always good to have someone to depend on when you need them. A little motivation goes a long way and support goes a long way. Yeah, you know, friendship friendship is important because on those days that, you know, you're feeling like you're kicked in the teeth, right. it's sure nice to have somebody who, you know, loves you and cares about you. I don't, I don't care who you are. You know, these guys in the NBA, they are big and strong and powerful and wonderful. Yeah. Think like yourself. At the end of the day, you're you're just a little boy. You know, you're just a, a guy, and we all want to be loved, and we all want to be cared for. Right. And there's there's those are just very fundamental human elements that we have to offer each other. And you know, I did that when I was coaching with the Kings. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be there for Demarcus, and I wanted to be there for Rondo and Bill and Ellie and. You know, when somebody's not playing, that's the ultimate kick in, kick in the ass, if I can say right. that. Yes, you can. To a player. I mean, look, I've been I've been a star that played 40 minutes a game and they couldn't live without me. And then towards the end of my career, it was like, man, I'm embarrassed. You know, right. you just, it's, it's kind of tough. Right. And, you know, people are like, why are you not playing? It, it, you know, and then now with social media, everybody... You know, everybody has an opinion and you're entitled to it. Exactly. And so it puts more pressure on today's players, in my opinion, because, you know, there's that element of, you know, you just don't want to be embarrassed. And um, so it's harder. But I, I'm really proud, uh, you know, to be able to do their games and to have gotten, you know, it's important for me to get to know the guys. Yeah. Um, because it's it's what I do, right? And I want to know what they're thinking. I want to know their mom's name. I want to know their kids' names, and I just want to get a feel for who they are as people, even on the broadcast side, right? And and you know when I do that, and guys come through, you know, um, I was out there the other day, and you know there was Willie, and there's Seth, and uh, Dwight Powell, and and Bazemore, and you know. Uh, 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 McDermott and yeah. I, I mean McCollum guys that I coached you know at Gerg's camp and you know the NBA camp and it's it's really just beautiful to have these relationships uh, with you know with Carmelo or with uh, Lillard or, or you know for that matter Curry and LeBron right. and, and I take those relationships seriously because it's it's fostered in in respect and kindness. Bouncing off of um your um reference to pressure, how do you feel that Zion is handling the pressure? We all know he came in the number one pick, and he got the injury as recently came back. But he came back like a a storm, averaging almost twenty five a game. How did you um how do you think he's handling the pressure of being number one pick? Since you're hands on with him. Well, I th- he's he's got a bunch of guys there who are just really fun. You know, it could be, you know, Brandon, it could be, um, it, it could be Jackson Hayes. It could be B.I. I mean, there's a really cool, Nikhil, there's a group of guys that are just super and they've all bonded together. Right. And then the veterans, um, you can just see the respect that they have for JJ and for Drew and for Derek uh, favors and it, it's it's really kind of neat to see the respect 
and they just there's just such a nice culture. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, you could you could look at um, uh, you can look at Zion, and you could say, oh my gosh, how's he handling it? He's had it since he was 13 years old. He was a YouTube star. He's True. like, you know, he's like Luca. I mean, he's so used to this. Everybody else isn't, but they are. It's like when people say to me, oh, my gosh, you know, you're playing against men. You're coaching against men. I've been doing this my whole life. True. This is like normal to me. So the hype is normal. I don't want to speak for him. Right. But it, it's normal for him or Luca. They're just the moment is the moment that they've lived in. So um, it, it's really impressive just to see, you know, the calm, the focus, uh, the work ethic, the respect that they have for the game and for, you know, the star players, LeBron, um, you know, how they felt about, you know, Kobe and people like that. Yeah. It's, it's really impressive, but, you know, the NBA is real different and we got the greatest commissioner in sports right? and Adam Silver. And it's a, it's a really great culture um, from the NBA to the WNBA to the G League. You know, everybody is, is pulling for each other's success. And there's just a lot of support no matter where you are. Yeah. And there's a lot of transparency. And that's all people want, right? You don't want people to BS you. You want people yeah. to tell you the truth, even if it's not exactly what you want to hear. hear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I could deal with that if, as long as somebody's not, you know, lying behind my back. Right. So we're very fortunate to have really great, great, great players. The coaches, assistant coaches, player personnel, PD, the the medical staff. Oh my gosh! With eighty-two games, you get tired doing TV. <laughs> and the men, you know, oh man, load management, you know, like I always um, mess around with people at the office with at Fox Sports. I'm like, oh, I got load management tonight, not going to be able to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we we do know in all respect. I mean, the body is the body, and you have only so much in you. Right. As somebody who played at 17 in the Olympics and 50 in the WNBA, I, I, I think I'm an expert. At eating things out, you know what I mean? Yes, definitely. So, I know how these guys they work so hard, and it matters to them. People say, Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. Are you kidding me? Of course, it matters. <laughs> these guys are in the gym all the time. When you're sleeping, they're in the gym. People don't see some of that dedication. Look at Lonzo, look what he's done. Yes, and Zion has got a great chemistry going on. <laughs> They're finding each other on the court frequently. <laughs> yeah, they they have some of that crazy stuff going on, uh, lobbing <laughs> from half court. Yeah, you know, telepathic passes. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yes, yes, you are the 2018 coach, head coach of the um of Power, who won a championship in 2018 for the Big Three. Once again, congratulations on that. And like I said before, Thank I was you. in the, I was in a press conference for your um, championship press conference. I was in a room. It was a great watching you guys celebrate. <laughs> Hope you guys wish you guys good luck um, next season, this upcoming season, oh, season four. 
Thank you. We uh, yeah, we just got off a great call with Ice Cube right before you and I got on, and you know the coaches, the players, everybody takes this you know really seriously. First yeah. of all, it's Cube's money, and we want to be great for him. And we, you know, there's fellowship, but there's also competitiveness right. amongst all of us. So we, we, everybody wants to get after it. Everybody wants wants to win, and you know, we're really um, we're really happy with the opportunity to represent the game. You know, former NBA players who still love this game and are right. willing, you know, to work so hard. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty cool. And you saw the talent. I mean, it's no joke. Yeah, There's, you guys just got um Zach Randolph, one of the newest additions. The star power keeps growing for the big three. I, I know, I know, and that's why we had you know we just picked up uh, Royce Young. Yeah. Because you know we need we need to be able to you know have somebody who can go up against uh, Zach, somebody who can go up against um, Joe. Yeah. These, you know, Joe's amazing. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. Came in the league, got the MVP. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. And, you know, so you always have to, how am I getting better? What are we doing to get better? Right. So that's that's just part of, of what we're doing here. Yeah, the big three implemented one change. I'm anxious to see what you'll do with to bring the fire, bring the fire rule, whereas one-on-one, you can go do it on one-on-one for possession on a foul call. Because I know you use that to your advantage at the end of a game, especially toward playoff time for seedings. That's a penalty shot. That's going to be – that's unbelievable. I mean, only only Ice Cube would come up with that. I mean, that <laughs> Shout is, out to Ice Cube. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just come up with it and, you know, one play a half, you can bring the fire. Right. And, you know, if you have a guy and – I mean, like he's changed the game with the four-point shot. Yeah. Like he's changed the game – Less foul shooting, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm sure Rick Barry and uh, Steph Curry wouldn't want to take away the, the free throws, you know, but, you right. know, instead of shooting two foul shots, if you hit one, it's two points. If they foul you in three, you shoot, you make it from three. Right. And, you you know, you may, they foul you from four. It's a four, you get one shot for yeah. four points. Right. It's kind of cool. Also, um, to be able to do that. Yeah, definitely. Also, you guys lowered the um, age limit to 22. That's going to bring in younger, fresher legs and also get that stigma away from the league that is the retired NBA Players League, which IQ um, talked about earlier on. Well, you know, this is his baby. And, right. you know, he feels like you have to keep this thing fresh. And, you know, you can't, we don't want to be just totally a nostalgia league. We want to have the best players, great players. And, you know, there has to be a healthy mix. So we will follow um, his vision and we will carry that out, you know, to the best of our ability, each of each of us, our teams. But, you know, your captains are captains and, you know, they know who who they want to play with and who they feel comfortable with. Right. So, you know, you're still going to have, you know, great names coming in the league. You know, I mean, uh, I'm sure Mario will be back. I'm sure Nate will be back. Yeah. Some of those guys, Big Baby, Catino. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'll wait for the next group of, of guys that are coming out of the league. 
I'm sure some guys are kind of waiting to see what the end of the season is going to look like. Yeah. But, you know, we'd love to, you know, look at some of those guys who don't get picked up. Yeah, I'm you, sure the league would. You guys also opened the door for other athletes, which are all athletes welcome um, clause you've put in. So now anyone from a different sport can try out for the big three. Was it going to bring more af- athleticism to the league also? So I can't wait to see who tries out from like <laughs> football. <laughs> That's going to yeah, be crazy. Mean, you know, there's a guy who played at VCU when he played against my, my son, TJ, Mo Ali Cox. And now he's playing in the NFL. He's a tight end. Right. So I'm sure there's, you know, there's guys in the NFL who played basketball like Antonio Gates. You know, Mo Ali Cox. Um, yeah. I know there's some a few others, but that'd be pretty cool, right? Yeah, I want to see Ocho Cinco play. <laughs> Him and Joe Johnson in the backcourt. That'd be crazy. We got we got to yeah, get that to happen. <laughs> uh, hey, I I don't know many football players who don't think they're not great basketball players. I've played with you know Larry Fitzgerald and. Um, Timmy Hightower, Dion, and Mike Irvin. Everybody thinks they can go. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they're great athletes. Yeah, you guys, the, um, the big three dates came out, the, the cities you guys want to go to, the 10 stops. And you guys picked some great cities that has a lot of passionate fans behind them. I know that's when you guys you guys drive that, that the fans are part of the game because the game is for the fans. Right. And kids, we're big on kids. The young three is a huge thing that, yes. you know, Cube, it, it's mandatory for us in every city. Make sure we're engaging the kids and the families. And, you know, we're a melting pot. You know, where our country it gets divided, we bring people together yeah. because, you know, it's we want diversity on the court, off the court, in right. the locker rooms. You know that's important uh, to Cube to make to make sure that we have that. Right. And, and he's worked very hard. And uh, you know, I mean, look at me, look at Lisa. You know, yeah. he's done everything you know possible to give us those opportunities. And then we have to do our job. You're doing a great job at it, all of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all of Thank you, you are. Also, the big threes are turning the CBS Sports ring up with them again. They gave the league great covers last year. It was enormous for us to be on network TV. And this year we'll be on there every Saturday. Yes. And we really appreciate CBS giving us, um, you know, this type of viewership. Right. And then, you know, we have to play hard and do well for, you know, for viewers to say, hey, every Saturday – you know, for two, three hours, this is our destination. We want to watch these guys play right. or get, you know, or, or gals coach right. these teams. So we have a responsibility as well to make sure the product is great. So CBS is happy with us. Yes. Everyone I talk to from the big three says the same thing. I had the pleasure of talking to Jeff Continents on here. I was recently had Oliver back on and now you again. Everyone says every, every everything everyone I talk to says it's like a family atmosphere. Can you speak on the culture and the growth of the big three over the past four seasons? Yeah, it's amazing. We are, we are thicker than thieves, whether it's Gary Payton, whether it's Rick Barry, whether it's Stackhouse or Catino. Um, we get it. We're, we're doing something very special. Right. And we've been, you know, given this opportunity, and we want to make sure 
that we honor the game and don't take advantage or not appreciate where we are. Right. I mean, John, it, it's hard to retire. It's hard when the cheering stops. And one of the cool things about this league that not a lot of people talk about is guys retire from the NBA. They have given their families, you know, uh, generational wealth. Right. The lousy one of them. While you're playing, mom and the kids and the family, they have the house on, you know, they have it locked down. Right. They have schedules. They know what they're doing. And then all of a sudden you retire and you come there. And quite frankly, you're like the odd guy out. Right. Because you haven't been there. You've been the provider, but you haven't been there. I'm and saying that's what you mean. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. coming home from, from war. Right. You know, you, you've had to do what you had to do, you know, for your, your country. And then you come home and it's like, oh, where do I belong? Where do I go? And guys, they have anxiety and they have some depression and it's hard for them. And so the big three is a really kind of huge um, stepping stone for them because they can still stay. They can still play. Their fans can still see them. Right. And more importantly, we really encourage the the wives, the kids. We want them in our locker room. We want grandma. We want auntie. Right. Now, you know, 20, 30 minutes before the game starts, you need to get out of the locker room and let us do, do work. Right. But more importantly, this gives, you know, the families a chance to appreciate what daddy did all these years. Right. And to see who daddy is, because a lot of times they have not been able to see what, you know, their dad did. I mean, people ask me why I came out of retirement in 97 at 39 to play in the WNBA. I wanted my son to know what his mother did. Right. Why did I come out of retirement and play at 50? I wanted, I, I did it for me and I did it for my family. I wanted to see if I could do this and inspire people, uh, quite frankly, that is, uh, you know, Kobe and I were, were friends before that, right. but that took our friendship to a new level because when I returned to my, my real job, my day job, yeah, like the next week, uh, I was doing a Laker game with Van Gundy and Mark and, um, I was walking down the hall and Kobe stopped me and he goes, Hey, I'm like, hi. And he goes, you know, uh, we watched you play. My family, we watched you play. And I said, yeah. you did? And he goes, you have five minutes. And I said, of course. He, it was like being in a think tank. He wanted to know why I played, how I trained, what I ate, how I slept. Was I sore? Was I not? What was my mental state like? And I, and I was like, Kobe, you just won the MVP <laughs> and you just won the championship. This is the beauty of Kobe Bryant. Yeah. He doesn't care. He wanted to pick my brain right. on why he was always the most curious guy. And he just wanted to know, he kept saying, why would you do this? Why would you risk your reputation? And I look at him and I say, Kobe, I'm like you, I'm not afraid. I still have dog in me. And after that, you know, you have nicknames for people, but you never tell people because yeah. it's between you and the person. Yeah. He would call me the Mama Mamba. 
And and anytime he would call me or text me, he'd say, "How's the mama mamba?" I said, "Still <laughs> mean and angry." <laughs> and we would just laugh because we were, you know, he he always said to me, "Why do you why did you do this?" I said, "Because I'm mean and I'm angry when I'm on the court." Right. And he would he would ask me so many questions, and you know, I was supposed to go there. Uh, we talked Friday night before he died. Yeah. We were, I was in the studio, and uh, the guys doing uh, the other games were like, can you believe Kobe said women can play in the NBA? And we're so close. And I go, hello, I'm still here. And they started <laughs> laughing. I'm like, dudes, I'm here. I'm, it wasn't the most you know, optimal thing, but it was doable. Right. And I said, more importantly, I love the game as much as you, and I didn't have a place to play. Yeah. I didn't have a WNBA. I didn't have anything. And I got my, my ass kicked every day, but I wasn't afraid. And I was willing to play for Pat Riley. I was willing to play for the Lakers and then Frank Layton and the Jazz and two years in the USBL. Right. And he kept, and so I joked around and I said, well, let me, let's see what Kobe says. I, and I was just screwing around. So I text him and I go, hey, you want to talk about women playing in the NBA? And I still have the text messages. And I'll never get rid of them. And he goes, yes, when? And uh, I said, now? He says, yes. And he just sent me. We did this for about 35, 40 minutes. He went off on a tangent about <laughs> him talking to the reporter. And the reporter uh, you know, he just doesn't understand that women can do this, this, and this. Right. Then we started talking about when I played, and he goes, exactly, I remember, I, I, I was aware. And um, what else did he, and then at the end, he goes, hey, come out next week and coach down his team with me. Yeah. And I said, okay, I'd love to. I'd love to, you know? And, you know, as we know, the rest yeah. is history. Yeah, we all know Kobe was one of the biggest advocates of women's basketball that anyone could ever know. Can you speak on how 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 huge of a loss it was? Because I know when I when I when I found out, it hit me hard. Like I literally cried for like a half hour. Like I like I didn't even know it personally like you did, but just the way that he impacted the game and the things he's done, it just all like hit me. Like I don't believe this right now. You know what? He was one of the coolest cats. Isn't it amazing that none of us knew how many people he affected? It's funny because, you know, when I saw that, you know, Djokovic and uh, Ronaldo and this and, and people were like, you knew Kobe? I go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we would we would text each other. Yeah. Um, it was so private. I remember, oh, God, I have the pictures. Um, when I coached with the Kings, yeah. uh, I would use the, when we played the Clippers, I would use the Lakers locker room as my locker room. And so I go in there one day and I was like, wow, this is really cool. I mean, I never would have said that, but I go, this is so cool. I mean, I'm in the Lakers locker room and it's my locker room yeah. uh, for, for the game. So I'm looking around and I see everybody's nameplates. So I decided that I was going to make Kobe's locker my locker for the game. 
Right. How great, how great is that? <laughs> so I put my, my shoes, you know, my heels in his locker. Yeah. I put my skirt in his locker and then I took a picture and it was, it said Bryant and I sent him the picture and I go, Hey, I have a question. And he goes, what? I go, you wear a skirt and heels? <laughs> and he goes, what? I go, yeah, man, I just walked in here. This is crazy. I, I mean, do you want to talk about it? And he goes, Nancy Lieberman. I go, no, it's mine. He goes, are you putting that on social? I go, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hysterical. Like you, two had a, so you two had a, a great bond. It does. So you two uh, had a the, great bond. We did. This guy wouldn't let me in the locker room for our first preseason game in Vegas. I was coming off the court, warming up one of the players, yeah. and I was going back to the locker room in between because, you know, uh, you have certain guys that are kind of yours. Yeah. And I'm trying to go back to the locker room. The guy goes, ma'am, you can't go back there. And I go, I, I have to. I I I'm with the team. And he goes, ma'am, do you have an ID? I said, I'm wearing all purple and King's gear. <laughs> right. He goes, if you don't have a pass, I go, I'm really sorry. I don't have my purse with me. I'm a coach. And he looked at me like I was lying. And yeah. Kobe was walking in and Kobe goes, what's wrong? And I go, he won't let me back to the locker room because he said, I don't have a pass. And Kobe <laughs> goes, young man, things are changing in the world and things are changing in life. And she's the assistant coach of the Kings. And you're going to have to understand that things are different now. Okay, the kid came back to the locker room later right. and apologized to me. Okay. But Kobe was my little hero. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For what he did for me, I was so embarrassed. And I didn't really, you know, it's my first preseason game. I don't yeah. want to get into it with somebody right and there's kobe doing what kobe does saving people i was so looking forward to speaking with him in august at his um hall of fame enshrinement i was so looking forward to it oh, it's going to be different it's going to be it's going to be hard being there and with just a they're going to have something special for him i know but not having him there in person is going to be different it's it's there's going to be so many tears yes i yes. mean you know, I had asked him last, uh, when we were talking, um, I said, hey, um, can we honor you at my charity event, you know, of a children's charity? Right. And two years ago, he told me he couldn't do it because he was kind of trying to figure out what retirement looked like. Yeah. So I said, it's two years later. Would you consider allowing me to honor you at my event right. next in 2021 in February? Yeah. And he goes, yes. He goes, one thing. I go, what's that? He goes, can Gianna present me? I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I would love that. We'd love to have Gianna present you. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I'm just being selfish about me. Ugh, it just, just hurts. You know, I called, um, I've been waiting and that's how I kind of operate. I just kind of needed to wait. And today I picked up the phone and I called the Mamba, uh, Mamba Academy. Right. 
And uh, I asked for their, their CEO and a, a young man was on the phone and I said, well, if you would just take a message, um, I was supposed to come out there and the kid, the young man knew who I was, which was super. Right. And he said, you know, Miss Liebman, um, I'll take a message for Chad. And I said, this is all I want to say. I was supposed to come out there on Wednesday with Kobe. I want to be able to fulfill what he asked me to do. If you would allow me to take a day or two, you tell me who you, who needs help, what team needs help. Right. Let me talk to the kids. Let me just be with them. Let me just try to shine some additional light. And uh, I said, and also, you know, we, my, my charity uh, builds those dream courts around the world. Yes, yes. The, the, and we've opened 89. We're about to do, we're about to open Andre Emmett's court in uh, South Dallas, you know, who got killed. Yeah. Play and he was my other, way. yeah, he was my other baby. And uh, I said, we'd be happy to build an outdoor facility, you know, for the kids, a dream court. And I don't, it's like I'm bumbling and stumbling. I, I don't want to step on toes, but I just want to do something for him, for Vanessa, for right. his children right. without it being too overbearing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You're doing, a, you're doing a great job, Nancy. You are. You. It's still surreal. I still don't believe it. It's been, <laughs> I still don't believe it. Amen. Every time I look at my phone and I see Kobe, Laughing, smiles, hearts, 100, 100, 100. Yeah. Love you. Can't wait to see you. I cry. I cry. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not crying for him. I'm crying for me. Healing. You know, I'm crying for me because yeah. I, I'm, I miss whatever interaction that um, he, um, he he gave me. I mean, whether we were at the U.S. Open last year, I didn't even know this was a, a thing, by the way. Um, they flip a coin now at the U.S. Open to start the matches. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, like the ceremonial, you know, jump ball and whatnot. Yeah. So they asked me if I would... Uh, if I would do it. And I said, yeah, of course I will. So they said, Kobe's doing this on Monday. Could you do it on Tuesday? And I said, yeah. So I texted a uh, Kobe and I said, are you here? And he goes, yep. Oh, I said, I can't wait. Me and you, we got to play some <laughs> tennis. Uh, I learned a little something from the never to love a girl. <laughs> and he started laughing and, uh, I said, what, so what did you do? He goes, now you just flip the coin. And I go, like, you just stand there and flip it. And I went, I'm going behind my back. And he <laughs> said, you're going behind your back? I go, yeah, I'm going to flip it behind my back. I got to do something that, you know, gets gets you, right? Yeah. And, you know, it, it just, just had fun and laughter and kind of, you know, fellowship. And yeah. always being a little, you know, like anything you can do, I can do better in a, in a fun way. Right. So that's all I got for you. And uh, I will have to tell you this. 
I've had some really amazing things happen to me in my life. Ice Cube is one of the most incredible human beings I have ever been around. He's smart. He cares. He's a great husband. He's a great father. He's very supportive. He doesn't celebrate you. He doesn't tolerate you. He celebrates you. And, you know, we honored him a year ago at, at my event. Right. And he said, you know, he got up there and he was NL. I had no clue. It was like, like this. And he called me his spirit animal. And I looked at him and he's on the stage. I'm like, that's good, right? I'm, I'm your spirit animal, right? That's a good thing. And he just kind of smiles. He goes, sometimes, you know, we go over things. Sometimes we go around things. Sometimes we go under things. I'm West Coast, you're East Coast. I'm black, you're white, you're a woman, I'm a man. <laughs> And he goes, sometimes you just got to go through things. Right. And he says, that's what our careers have been like. We, yeah. we just have never allowed anybody to, to tell us no. You know, no, you can't do this. No, you can't coach men. No, you can't win a championship. No, no, no. And, you know, in this world, it's there's so many people who live in mediocrity. Yes. And they live in that world of, no, no, no. And it, to me, I know I'm a minority, but it's the same thing with, you know, women of color. No, 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 no. And it's got to be yes. And, and, and women earn like 50, black women earn between 58 and 67 cents on the dollar Right. to men. And it's, it's not fair for the same, you know, job descriptions. Right. And, and it's like, we were talking, it's like, you have to hire somebody, give someone who doesn't look like you a chance. And if I fail, fire me. Right. If Lisa fails, fire her. But if we do our job and we do it right and we do it with honor and we do things, you know, to, to inspire the players that we have. Right. Give, give us a chance. Stop the conversation. Oh, you know, we, we really need to talk about, you know, having more African-Americans do this and that. I'm like, stop it. Just stop. I don't want to talk anymore. I want you to hire me. Right. I want you to hire my friends that don't look like me. And that's what the NBA does. That's what Ice Cube does better than any league in the world. They have put their money where their mouth is. They are the worldwide leaders in in equality, inclusion, right. in in gender equity, you know I'm the highest paid co coach in, the, in 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 the big three. You know that. I know now. <laughs> because I get what Dr. J gets, I get what Lisa gets. I, uh, Lisa and I get what Rick Barry makes. From day one, we didn't have to negotiate right. our our coaching salary. We are the highest paid coaches. Because Ice Cube said they're going to have equality. Right. That's pretty amazing. Yes, it is. Ice Cube is doing a phenomenal job. <laughs> phenomenal job. I think so, he, I think um, I think he deserves more credit. Recently, Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman from First Take like got on TV and finally said, "Give Ice Cube his props because you know the um, NBA All Star Game had a different ending, which." was influenced by the big three 
So, I mean, it's good that people are finally giving him recognition, giving the league, the whole league recognition, not just him. And, and you know, he's not, again, I don't want to talk for Ice Cube, right. um, but he's not seeking that. He's seeking a little equality, probably from the media, yeah. to say, you know, like I said to you, we're, he's doing a great thing. Yeah. Guys have work. Guys are, are with their families. Right. Um, it, it, we want their families. It's so important for us right. to, to be able to, to see their moms, uh, to see their wives, to let them know that they're valued as well in this whole, you know, this thing, you know, we call yeah. life. Right. Because sometimes they get pushed to, to the side and, you know, I, I, I can remember, I don't have a lot of regrets in life, yeah. but I, I know I was at the final four with Kobe and the, his kids and Vanessa right. and you know how it, it just naturally happens. All of a sudden somebody's like, Hey, yeah, can we get a picture with you guys? Yeah. yeah. And I realized like, if I could take it back, I realized like I was right in the front of Vanessa taking a picture like she was not in the picture, but I think I was standing in front of her. Right. I gotta be honest with you, I really feel bad because I should have stood up and said, Hey, would you take a picture with us? And I didn't. And it just you know, I have a lot of, you know, heart for the people around us. Yeah. That that really, really help us, you know, and allow us to to do what we do. I understand. So, I understand you totally. Uh, Nancy, I know right. you have a game you got to get ready to cover. Um, get ready for Pelicans on a two-game win streak. <laughs> Hopefully they make it three can, tonight. Hey, can you imagine these guys started three, uh, six and 22, then they lost 13 in a row, and now they're four games out. Yes, that's crazy. It's I was, pretty yes. unbelievable. What do you think it would be right now if Zion didn't get hurt? Because apparently they, they all are gelling and have some chemistry together. What do you think it would be right now in the season if he didn't get hurt? Well, it would have been special, not only because if he didn't get hurt, but his chemistry yeah. with Lonzo uh, is unbelievable. I mean, Lonzo Ball... Is is just shooting lights out. Yes. I mean, there's a reason since February, yeah. uh, the Pelicans are the number since February one. Uh, they're averaging 119.4. Right. And Lonzo Ball is on fire. He's he's scorching. He's hit 21 to 36 from three the last four games. Yeah, he's found a stroke. <laughs> and I'm so proud of him. And um, this is how I kind of operate. Like I saw him a couple games ago and I went up to him and I go, hey, I owe you an apology. And he goes, what? I go, yeah, I was pretty hard on you at the beginning. You know, you were one for 12 from three. You were blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I said, you know what? I, I'm smart enough to know that as much work as you're doing behind the scenes, right. you have to take those shots in game situations to get the confidence to know that you can do this. Right. And you had to shoot those, even though you were missing them, you know, shame on me. I know better. And I'm really, I'm really happy and proud for you. He's a super nice kid. Yeah. They all are. B.I., he's first team all door holder. Did you know that? 
<laughs> no. Every time I walk in the building, he holds the door for me. So he's first team all, all door holder. Uh, on one possession, he held the door for me twice. <laughs> <laughs> he's leading the team with 24, I believe, right? He's lead, team's leading yeah. score? Okay. He, he is. And, again, you know, Stack is his uh, – you know, he talks to Stack almost every week, Jerry Stackhouse. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's his guy. I mean, that's the one who took care of him and made sure he was okay. Yeah. Um, and his dad grew up with, uh, you know, his dad grew up playing ball with his dad. You know, they're old heads. Right. And uh, back in uh, North Carolina. I mean, he's a lovely, lovely, talented guy. And these two, yeah. they bust their butt every single practice. Then they, they, they go him, you know, Alonzo was so impressed yeah. with B.I. shooting that he started joining that little shooting deal with, uh, with Fred Vincent, their assistant coach. Okay. And they're both just having career years. It's really nice. Yeah, something special is brewing over there in New Orleans. <laughs> they will have a dangerous right. team in the future. Very dangerous. A young well, core. Yeah, but, you know, you got to give, you know, Alvin and um, David Griffin, the assistant. Yeah. I mean, there's a really nice vibe down there. I will say that. Yeah, but he got to – that was a good turnaround for the – That was he got to go haul back for Anthony Davis, which set up what, what we're seeing now. Well, that was – that yeah. there were good moves, definitely. Well, right, poetic justice. Yeah. Everybody gets happy. He's happy in L.A., and you know now they're doing what they're doing, so right. it's good for everybody. You know, I I know nobody really wants to come at each other. Everybody has their own path in life. Yeah, definitely. Nancy, so, Nancy, thank you so much for joining me. Maybe I do this again. It was too long. Thanks for joining me on the NBA panel again. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for for having me and. Hopefully we'll see each other in August at the um, Hall of Fame enshrinement. Absolutely. Def will reach out. Thanks but for, if you need me during the year, just holler. Def will, definitely. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for joining. And it'll be paneled again. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Yes, that was Nay Smith, Hall of Famer, big three head coach of the 2018 champion power of the big three. Oh, it's great to have her back on Amy Pound again. Thanks for joining me. Catch you next time.